Death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is your victory? O death, where is your sting? The sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God, who gives us victory, the victory, the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. And welcome back into the Living Victory Podcast. My name is Christian Conway. As always, I'm joined by my two main men, Max Keen and Jonathan Krause. Except today, there's a third main man. And this main man happens to be Cameron Adams. How you doing today, Cameron? I'm doing great. <laughs> this is kind of weird, but uh, yeah, I'm doing pretty good. Pretty yeah, early in the morning. <laughs> so right now we have four out of the five musketeers that were on all of our Mission Possible trips, all, all three of them. The only person we're missing is Garrett, unfortunately, who isn't here today. Uh, we are we're sorry about that, but we are giving you what we can. Cameron, it has been... Um, it's been it's been a while. You you uh you lived in our area for a long time. Lived in Maryland for a long time, and then you ended up moving to Virginia, um, switching churches and everything. But while you were here, we ended up going on three Mission Possible trips with you. Um, two of which were run by your parents. Um, they were the leaders for our Mission Possible trips. We actually interviewed Paul Adams on on this podcast a couple episodes ago. Y'all should check that out. Um, but Cameron, uh, can you give us just uh, just a little bit of your testimony, um, just so the our listeners can sort of understand a little bit more of you know who you are, what makes you you, uh, a little bit more about your relationship with God, and maybe a little bit how MP uh, affected that. Yeah, I guess so. So um, I was actually told I had to make this uh, five minutes long, or else podcast is scrapped. So I'll try and I'll try and do my best to do that. Um, so basically, uh, as Jonathan just told you, my dad is Paul Adams. So I guess you can get that I grew up in a Christian family and have been hearing the gospel my whole life and going to church my whole life. Now, not that that makes me a Christian or anything, because honestly, I wasn't. Um, I grew up going to church with my parents and learning about the Bible and Christ and everything, but I never really cared if I'm honest. And I was kind of just going along with the flow, going with what my parents were doing. I was like, well, my parents are doing this. I'm going to do this. My parents say they're a Christian. I'm going to say my Christian. I'm a Christian. And um, my main focus when going to church back then was literally just like, oh, Max is going to be there pretty much because like, you know, me and Max were the boys. And, uh, yeah, that was my mindset, really, just going to church every week. Um, It wasn't until I was probably 15, uh, around the time of MP1, actually, Mission Possible 1, where I really started to make it my own and really started to care and want to build a relationship with Christ for myself, uh, other than just being like, oh, my parents are Christians, I guess that makes me a Christian, too. Like when I was around seven years old, I did like, you know, the sinner's prayer. And I said like some fancy words, you know, to be like, yo, I'm a Christian. But it it wasn't genuine. And uh, although I did know the gospel, I didn't 100% understand it or maybe necessarily 100% believe it. And so I think Mission Possible actually really helped me. I can't say an exact day where I was just like, yo, I'm like completely changed person. I'm a Christian, but God definitely worked in me over time. And it was a slow, a slow, like, true confession of faith, I guess you could say. I didn't word that very well, but I think you know what I'm trying to say. And Mission Possible, like, just doing the daily devotions and stuff like that, um, probably more so in the second year in Canada, because first year I struggled a lot with doing the devotions and stuff, because I was still learning how to do all that. And I was like, that was around when I was like really starting to make it my own. So I kind of struggled at the beginning since I didn't really know what I was doing at all. Because growing up, I like I said, I didn't really care. I was just at church to hang out with friends. And so I didn't really listen. But then, but then like once I started making my own, starting 
doing Mission Possible, learning how to share the gospel for myself, it it became more personal to me. And I really cared and wanted to build my relationship with Christ. So that happened. And then slowly over time, 15, 16, 17, uh, when I, I moved when I was 16, that was a really rough time. But honestly, it helped me a lot. I moved down to Virginia and um, came to this new church called Grace Bible Church down here. And man, I cannot tell you how much I have grown since moving to Virginia and like just the amount of time other people have put into me is incredible. Like I'm so thankful that I moved here. I wouldn't have said that when I first moved, I was like, heck no, I do not want to move, but it's been for the better a hundred percent. And like, like God had a different plan for me. Like I didn't want to move, but God, he, he had a different plan. He was like, you're moving and you're going to learn, boy. <laughs> so moved to Virginia, met all these great guys, older guys in the church that have helped teach me and helped me grow in my walk with Christ. And it's been pretty incredible. <laughs> my eyes were open to the gospel around that time, age of 15, even though I've heard it my whole life. And I, you know, I realized I was a sinner in need of a savior. I couldn't save myself. And I guess I just really then throughout that period of time from like 15 to 17, just like put my trust in Christ and trusted him. And, you know, I like really started to understand the seriousness of what he did. Like, like that he would lower himself down to become a human <laughs> First of all, that's insane. And then die on the cross for our sins, for my sins. Like, dude, that's some crazy stuff right there. Like, I'm just so thankful. And I don't really know what to say else. I'm blanking. <laughs> no worries. That was uh, really good. And um, yeah, I, with the, in terms of the move to Virginia, that I've definitely seen growth and Honestly, that church, I've been there a couple times and I've, you know, hung out with some of your friends. And even this week I was with uh, you guys for a little bit and it is a really solid church. Um, and so I can definitely see how you've been blessed in that way to start going there um, with a bunch of teens and young adults who are passionate about the gospel. And so that's been um, a huge blessing. Uh, for you and I've been able to see that in your life um, is there one specific way that you've seen uh, how the move to this church uh, how it like really affected your relationship with Christ uh, yeah definitely um, first of all like I was saying when I was like growing up I didn't care at all and when I, right before I moved, I, that's when I started to care a little bit more and like actually started to listen in church instead of just like goofing around or whatever or anything like that. And also helped because when I was still going to 4C, I would go to like teens and then I'd go to the daycare and help out with that. And I didn't come to too many of like the actual sermons or anything. So moving here, I started doing what we called high school class. We didn't call it teens. We call it high school class. And I started going to the sermons. And then I also had people that were investing their time into me. So I, overall growth, honestly, of just like learning the Bible. Like when I first moved here, my knowledge of the Bible was so small. Like a lot of the people could probably tell you the same thing or like a lot of non-believers would probably be able to tell you almost as much as I could tell you about the Bible. It, it was honestly, it's honestly kind of embarrassing how little I knew just because I didn't really care. And since I've moved here, like my thirst to want to know and learn more about the Bible and the gospel and about Christ and just everything has been a huge change. Like, 
I have so many people in my life that I just could say thank you to. Like, like I've had a guy named Trent Radding. He, he was the first guy to really reach out to me. He was like, yo, you want to just like go grab lunch somewhere? And I'm like, sure. I was really nervous at first, but we did. And it was just a great time. And like our conversations were glorifying to God. And he really just sat me down and just started spinning straight facts about the Bible and like getting me to understand it for myself as well. Not just him saying it and then being like, okay, there you go. But him actually like sitting down with me us both having our Bibles open. It was just like a mini Bible study in between us. And then I have a few other guys like that, like Evan Dabrowski. He's, he's probably been the biggest one. He's, I've been meeting with him for like two years and man, I love that guy. He's helped me grow so much. So I'd say just overall growth in every area really, but mainly probably my understanding of I guess the Bible in a whole is how it's helped me grow because well for one God opened my eyes and opened my heart to want to learn and then I started to get all these different people in my life to help me learn so I guess that's that (laughs) so I know that there are probably a lot of people listening who were in or who are currently in that same place that you were in a few years ago, where either you kind of have this, the faith just because that's what your parents have had your whole life, or one step further than that, you kind of want to take it in on your own, but you don't really have a passion to learn about the Bible, and, and they don't really know, uh, you know, where to begin and how to make that leap from where you used to be to where you are now. So if there's somebody out there like a teenager who's trying to make that same leap that you made to really dive in and and learn more about scripture, learn more about the gospel and really make their faith their own. What types of tips would you give that person to, to really, you know, go in, make that leap and become the, the passionate Christian that they seek to, to become? Oh, dude, the day is now, let me tell you, you just need to get on it. But, um, the main thing that I would say, um, that helped me the most, honestly, is what I was just telling you. Um, you know, Trent and Evan. Find someone in the church that is older than you, that has gone through the same thing that you are going through. I'm sure most people you will talk to have a pretty similar story like that. Just go find somebody that's older than you and say, hey, do you want to go grab lunch one day? And just ask them questions or ask them for their testimony or ask them to help you. Just like they have all this life that they've lived and all these years that they've had a relationship with Christ and they can just share it with you and you can learn from them and gain wisdom from them. Like that was a huge part of that's been a huge part of my life since I've moved down here. Cause before, you know, I had like, you know, other brothers and sisters in Christ I would talk to and that's great, but I never had someone older than me. I was like, Oh wow. Yeah. That older person over there, like, I'm not going to talk to them. Why would I talk to them? I'm not their age. We don't have the same interest, but you really realize that you do have, if you're like a genuine believer and you really want to take that leap, you have the greatest interest in common. And let me tell you, it's shocking how many times I walk away from talking to these older dudes and I look at my phone and look at the time and three hours have just flown by. And those three hours have just been fellowshipping with another believer and having God honoring conversations with each other the whole time. And it doesn't always have to be strictly about the bible we we will literally just be having a normal conversation but we'll be glorying glorifying god in doing that and then we will also talk about like christ and the bible and everything along the way and it's just it's just so good to get to know these older dudes and and he um actually told me uh evan um because recently i started 
reaching out to some younger guys at my church, you know, and helping them out. And I've been thinking about that for a while. And then something he told me, and then actually it was kind of interesting because I had three different people tell me something very similar in the same week, which was one, um, the guy who teaches my class that I go to right now is like, Hey Cameron, I want you to just start talking to more people, reach out to some more people and just be a friend to them. Like he wasn't even saying like do a Bible study with them. He was just saying, be a friend with them, meet up with them, maybe in fellowship with them, like put interest into their lives and they'll put interest into your life kind of thing. And then Evan was like, he told me that a lot of the times the person who's like him to me, he said that he's honestly probably like I'm learning a ton, but he's honestly probably learning as much as I am, maybe even a little bit more from like mentoring me and teaching me the word. And then I had, I think it was Stephen Boom tell me literally the same exact thing all in the same week without me bringing it up. They all three of them like brought it up. I was like, yo, I got, I got to do this. I was like, I don't know if convicted is the right word, but like God was definitely leading me in that direction. And I've grown a lot since then too, but definitely I kind of went on a rabbit trail there, but definitely like find somebody older than you and wiser than you who's walked through life more than you have and just talk to them, get to know them and worship Christ together. That's all. That's what I got to say for that for sure. Wow, that's uh, that's actually super, super awesome that you've been finding guys to disciple you and then also you've turned around and started to disciple others. I know Christian has actually been working on um, the same thing and he recently has been reaching out to some of the people in his church um, to disciple them. And it's that's a really, really cool thing. And I think a lot of people in... Um, in the Christian church kind of forget how important discipleship really is and how, you know, the older generation teaches the new generation and then the new generation teaches the newer generation. And it's, it's a really cool kind of system that, that, you know, has been put in place by God. And we got to remember that it's uh, people pour into us and then we can pour into other people. So that's, that's a really, really cool thing. Um, but we do want to shift over to uh, mission possible. So Cameron, uh, we've, we've done episodes about mission possible. We've talked to Paul and Zane, both of our leaders our male leaders, uh, of mission possible. We've also talked to Joan Fountain, um, who has run mission possible for a long time. Um, your thoughts on mission possible, any funny stories you want to tell any kind of, you know, personal stories that were just like, you thought that was really awesome or you saw God working, like anything you want, just what comes to mind when we say mission possible. Hmm. There's a lot to think about there. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, well, so the listeners know what Mission Possible is then, like everything, right? Yeah, we yes, explained it. Yes, do. Okay. So. But if, yeah. if there's a new listener <laughs> who doesn't know <laughs> about Mission Possible, um, Mission Possible was a high school uh, missions trip that our church, 4C Bible Church, um, put on every uh, summer. And so it generally starts in ninth grade and goes up through 11th grade. And each year you progress, you progress, you progress through the, the different phases is what we call them. So mission possible one is a local phase. So we go around locally uh, in the Maryland DC area and like maybe a couple surrounding States uh, just to, you know, share the gospel, get some training, get some experience uh, working with other churches and then on the second year of Mission Possible, we went, um, you're supposed to go uh, further out in the U.S., but we ended up actually going to Canada. Um, so you definitely go a little bit farther on on phase two of Mission Possible. And so you get a little bit farther from home and you realize kind of what it's like to be on the missions field a little bit more. And then on Mission Possible three, you generally go to, uh, you, you go international. Um, and we went to uh, Albania and Greece. Uh, which was an amazing trip, and that was so fun. We got to meet so many new people. We got to see what you know different cultures are like, and it was just a really interesting time. And Cameron was there with us on all three of them, 
So just wanted to put that out there just to, for any new listeners who, who uh, don't know what we're talking about when we say Mission Possible. Yes, sir. And then after that as well, we, me and Cameron went um, another year to Albania uh, with some of the people from his church. So we kind of got a fourth year in too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we did. Mission Possible. You just get the full experience, you know? Like, you wake up, well, depending on who you are, who you are, <laughs> how you do it, but uh, <laughs> you uh, either wake up on your own will or you wake up with water being splashed in your face. <laughs> not going to say who that was. Totally not me. Um, <laughs> and you, you know, you wake up, you get your breakfast, you. Well, sometimes you don't even have breakfast. But that's if you're me, at least. Um, and typically, typical day, Mission Possible, you wake up and you start your day off with open up God's word and doing your de- daily devotion. Basically, we have a plan for however long it is. Um, I forget. We did two years of six weeks, right? And then the last year was four. I thought the second one year was I four, too. Be, I think it was five weeks. Oh, yeah, I don't really remember, but like we, six, four, we four. set out, a, our leaders set out um, a devotional schedule, a devotional plan, and each day we go through like one book of the Bible each each year, and um, each day we wake up and we do our personal devotions, and then as a group, later that day, at some random time, we'll all come together and do it then. So we have a schedule where, like, it would either be one person leading or two people leading together. Um, I forget how it went for each year, but I know one year we did, like, two people leading together. Um, But basically, we, on the weeks that we were leading, we'd just prepare questions, basically, for the other people around the... I guess table or in the devotion and we prepare questions to ask everybody to just dive a little bit deeper into the scripture that we were reading and to get conversation going to to just talk with each other and learn from each other which I thought was great I know I learned a lot I was one of the more quiet people that didn't talk as much but during that not talking as much I can tell you I I learned a whole lot just listening to other people like especially when uh, Jonathan and Christian they would get on their little 20 minute conversations to each other <laughs> in the middle yeah. of the ocean <laughs> and oh, just boy. start talking like agreeing with each other or not agreeing as much on some fighting things like a, <laughs> yeah disagreeing. fighting like an old uh, married couple yeah pretty much yeah yeah that's pretty accurate <laughs> <laughs> and I, I know I'd learn a lot from that and I would learn a lot when I would speak up too, I guess, but I don't know. That was just the devotion side of it. And then usually after that, or sometimes we do devotions before we went out for the day. Sometimes we do it after, but then we'd go out for the day of ministry and we just do whatever we had planned for that day, whether it'd be going out to share the gospel on the streets with random strangers or setting up a kid's club and doing a, little VBS with a random neighborhood that we'd find and go door to door knocking and inviting these kids to share them about the gospel, the good news. Or sometimes we'd even just do like service projects even and just show our worth ethic and just show that like we're different. Like we work really hard and that's because we have Christ or even going to nursing homes and putting on a little show for them. And after that, we'd come home and we'd either, you know, have a little bit of free time, have a little bit of fun, play some play some cards, or, or at that time we'd do our devotions, or, you know, if we felt like doing our devotions for the next day, we could get a little bit ahead and, you know, study more and learn more because we could do it both days and just, you know, start one day, finish the next day kind of thing. Um, yeah, that's, I don't really know. That's pretty much it. Yeah. When Cameron says we played yeah. some cards, he means we played lots and lots of cards. We played a lot. Because <laughs> yeah. we, we actually, um, 
<laughs> we weren't supposed to be on our phones at all. Supposed to. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it might have happened here and there. Yes. But let's just, really, let's just overall, say, we... Let's yeah. just say the trip leaders didn't know that the Wi-Fi passwords were on the routers. <laughs> kind of an awkward moment, if you will. I mean, at least so, we yeah, ended up we, using we it. We just cards. played some games on our phones. But... <laughs> Yeah, not, oh, if you're listening to this, I'm <laughs> not justifying it at all. I'm just saying that right <laughs> it was wrong. <laughs> but I mean, they found out. So. I mean, yeah, we all got in we trouble got what for we it. Deserved. But it was fun. Yes, we and did. then we played more cards. Yep. Yes. <laughs> Back to cards. And then the amount of cards that we played went up. Yes. <laughs> yep. We played hundreds of games of spades over that <laughs> those trips. Uh, spades, capitalism. That was the other big one. Mafia. Mafia. Oh, oh mafia. Yeah. Oh, oh, do you guys remember? Mafia. Was it Mafia or Murder in the Dark when we woke up at midnight for Meredith's birthday? Uh, murder in the Dark. Yeah, that was Murder in the Dark. Yeah, so for, wow. for those who don't know, that took a dark turn. Murder in the Dark <laughs> is a, a Murder like, Meredith in the Dark on her birthday. <laughs> murder in the Dark is like a real life version of Mafia. So, you know, Mafia is a card game, and there's you hand out cards, and one person's a detective, a couple people are the Mafia, they go try to kill people. And then one person's the doctor and the detective tries to figure out who the mafia is. And meanwhile, everybody in the town is trying to vote to see who they think is the mafia. Murder in the dark, you take away the cards, you turn off the lights and you walk around. So that all the same you know, positions in the game still exist, but you're walking around in the dark trying to find people. And so it's like a real life version of that game. And you know, when the mafia finds somebody, they rub their hand lightly on the person's throat to signify that they're killing them. And then that person falls to the ground and, and then, you know, you play the same way. You try to figure out who the mafia are. So it's it's a much more interactive version. And when you imagine that you wake up at midnight, two hours after you've gone to sleep to play that game and everybody's super groggy and tired, it makes it much more interesting. Yeah, just imagine like a live action Among Us game. That's what Basically, it feels like. I was literally just thinking about explaining it in that way. That's, yeah. That's the big thing these days. Yeah. Among us in real life in the dark. All the all the teeny boppers are playing Among Us. <laughs> yep. <laughs> wow, Christian, that made you sound so old. <laughs> yeah, like Grandpa Christian. Grandpa Christian. Yeah. Baldy. <laughs> yes. Grandpa Baldy. <laughs> so I know when when Cameron, you were explaining sort of the daily routine on Mission Possible, one thing that kind of popped in my head was the fact that after a long period of those daily routines, it was pretty easy to get really, really tired or just have a day where you're like, I am not in the mood for any of this. Like, it is just, I'm exhausted. I can't think. My brain is dead. And we have to go out and do like night ministry or whatever. And all I want to do is sleep. Um, but maybe you can speak into this too. But I swear sometimes when we were, when we were tired, um, you almost like you went out not expecting anything because you were you were just exhausted and you just wanted to get the night over with. And sometimes you just saw God work uh, even more so just because you were, I don't know, it's it's hard to explain. It's like when when we were tired, um, God gave us the the energy and like the, I don't know, he just brought things into our lives or you know when we were out or whatever to like keep us going i don't know if you have any stories like that um but i just i just remember sometimes we would go out do ministry and i would be exhausted and then i would have a conversation with somebody or someone would encourage me like out of the blue like we'd meet a christian and they would encourage us on the street and that would just be really really cool and god kind of blessed us in that way so are there any times where you were like you were super omega exhausted or whatever and god like gave you the strength to push through or anything like that yeah actually um in canada i remember this one day i wouldn't say i was like super exhausted but i was definitely in one of those those moods you know <laughs> like i was i'm sorry to everybody who experienced that and witnessed that but <laughs> i actually had a little bit of an argument with one of the team members that day i remember when we were doing ministry and it was really childish honestly but um i remember after that i was just like not having it i just wanted to leave like i was like i was like so done i was like i just need to go in my own little corner and just be with myself and you know just be away from everything 
and maybe just go to sleep or something. But I remember me and Garrett, um, this was my first conversation the whole trip. And I remember I was struggling to like, like one-on-one kind of conversation, not like a, like a group conversation. I mean, it was me and Garrett, but it was me and Garrett and then two other people um, had my first conversation. And it was one of my better ones that whole trip actually with some people after a message. And I don't think they were actually there for the message, but I think they were looking at the sketchboard and were intrigued as to what it was. So me and Garrett walked up to these people and we were like, yo, like, did you see it <laughs> kind of thing? And they're like, no. So we explained them what it was. And this couple actually, they had never even like apparently heard the gospel before. So that was pretty interesting. And so we explained the gospel to them as best as we could in full without taking like five hours, you know, and, um, we ended up getting them, well, not really getting them under their own will. They wanted to download (laughs) the Bible app on their phones. So we showed them how to do that. So they didn't know how, and that was pretty cool. But the part where like, I was like the, in that mood kind of thing, I remember going into that conversation like uh do i like really have to do this like now like i know i've been trying to get a conversation but like now and that's what was at first and i started talking and then i really just started getting kind of into it you know Mm. like i was like just getting into it for some reason i don't know why and immediately after that conversation my spirits were like so lifted like i was definitely different after that i was like feeling good i was ready to go for another couple hours and so i guess like i mean i remember feeling like really compassionate for those people too because i was like wow these people don't even have like a bible app on their phone kind of thing i was like that's kind of crazy to me and so i guess just that they've they said that they'd never heard the gospel before and that we got to share the gospel with them i was like yo this is pretty pretty cool and i guess it just helped lift my spirits a little bit (laughs) and get me on the right track for that day heck yeah that's awesome yeah it's pretty cool another question this is open to all of you but was there a specific type of ministry that you guys enjoyed more than the others because we did like such a wide variety of different things from like disaster relief to um one-on-one evangelism to like street preaching to kids clubs, like so many different things. Um, was there one in particular that you enjoyed more than the others? For me, it was definitely one-on-one evangelism and I, I enjoyed them all. But the reason I, I enjoyed one-on-one evangelism the most is because I'm the kind of person that likes to go really in depth on something. And when you're given like a 10, 15 minute message, it's hard to go really in depth on the gospel while also doing whatever illustration or story goes along with it in the message, because you want to make sure that you don't lose people's attention. But when you're in a one-on-one conversation with somebody, you can sometimes take 30 minutes to go deep into that, take 45 minutes to go deep into that with them and go back and forth, because often it's somebody of another religion or it's somebody who has never really considered the idea of God before. And having those conversations, really just talking out who God is and what he's done for us and what the Bible says about that, it can be so powerful and just to see people's reactions to it, how they, they, you know, sometimes they start off hostile and then they start to lower their guard or sometimes they just start off curious. They are really just honestly seeking what that answer might be and being able to provide that for them and to tell them about God is so rewarding for me. And, and I just loved having those conversations. Sometimes like Cameron said, sometimes it was two on two. Sometimes it was two on one. Sometimes it was one on three. It really just depended on, on what the day was and which groups came by. But honestly, when I was in those conversations and when I had somebody by my side in those conversations with me, it was it was some of my greatest memories from Mission Possible just because I was able to go so in depth about the gospel and really draw or, you know, drive to the heart of the of the issue with whoever I was talking to. Yeah, that's great. That's just very true when it comes to the one on one conversations. Um, yeah, for me, definitely kids ministry. Um, I just have a heart for those kids man like everywhere we went i always just loved the kids and working with the kids and 
like teaching them a lot of them the bible for the first time is like super super cool like how cool is that like you get to like i remember one time um this was on me and max's like fourth year kind of thing we went to this one town in albania i don't remember what it was called at all but i we did a kids club there and i was lucky enough to be the person who got to give the message um the gospel presentation message on the sketchboard in that town and I was told that that's the first time that town has like ever heard the gospel before. And when I found that, I was like, yo, that is sweet. Like just the fact that, I mean, it, it wasn't me. I mean, it was God speaking through me and me speaking English and then the translator translating it into Albanian. But it was just really cool to be a part of that and just like sharing the gospel with these kids for the first time. Like that was really cool. And I just love also working with the kids and playing, just playing games with them and being a good role model and example to them. And they can see how I walk and how I talk. I mean, even with a language barrier, like the actions, I guess, speak louder than words. Like they, they don't understand what I'm saying, but they can probably get a really good idea of how I am and who I am. And, you know, talking to them with a translator by your side too, like you can do that. And I don't know. I just love working with the kids and, I love keeping high energy and almost going back to being a kid myself because I get to be stupid goofball <laughs> running around with them and all that. So that's, yeah, I love that. Kids yeah, and it was really cool when we went back to Albania too because like the kids there, we had oh, yeah, yeah. witnessed to some of them before um, in the previous year. And then like we get there and all of a sudden, they remember our names and they remember the stories that we told them from the Bible the year before. And it was just like really cool to see that, you know, they remembered all that kind of stuff. And um, they were just super fun to be around. Um, although they would kind of attack me and Jonathan from time to time. And, um, you know, <laughs> we'd get back and have to change our clothes because, you know, we were just mauled by these two or 42 kids or whatever <laughs> kind of the reverse of the body and the bear story but um, <laughs> <Bruh>. <laughs> um but for me uh my favorite was probably street preaching um i don't know why that one's just always been my favorite um having this sketchboard and that's kind of like i can look back to when i was a kid and me and cameron when we i don't remember how old we were but we were like two little kids uh, yeah. <laughs> we went on an ocean city trip yep. um and i had a cousin or two on that trip uh who was going through mission possible and uh they were in ocean city doing the sketchboard and i remember watching him growing up do the sketchboard and being like man i want to do that someday um and so finally like being able to do that uh was just like really awesome for me um to be able to do and sort of follow in his footsteps um, but yeah, that was definitely a fun year. Cause me and Cameron, we like found these little toys in the sand and like tried selling them <laughs> to people on the boardwalk. No, we made um, two bucks. What are you talking about? <laughs> we didn't try. We did. <laughs> yeah, we did. Um, so yeah, just fun stuff like that. Uh, but definitely street evangelism, um, and street preaching was my favorite. You've, you've always been passionate about that. I remember, I think it was that trip actually you went home and you designed your own personal like <laughs> sketchboard message on a piece of paper and then showed it to me like the next week when we hang out or hung, hung out. And yeah. Yeah. You've always been really passionate about that. And then I tried it once and it didn't go very well. <laughs> your first, your first yeah, message never goes well. <laughs> it's a learning curve. hundred um, percent. For me, I'd have to go along the lines of what Christian said. Um, there's just something about having a conversation with somebody where you can just sit there and almost hear their life story. Um, I can't tell you how many times that we've been talking to someone and they've just, you know, told us about <clears throat> their, their struggles in life. Um, maybe what they, what they have against, you know, the Bible, what they have against Christianity. Um, a lot of times, you know, they're, they're actually, it's not that they don't believe God exists, it's like the, the, they're mad at God for something. Um, that something has, you know, happened in their lives that they can't, you know, they struggle with. And, you know, hearing people's 
their testimonies of life, um, hearing their struggles, you know, and then, you know, sharing with them the, the, you know, really the glory of God and, and, you know, how merciful and faithful he is and, um, going through the gospel with people. There's just something about that. That's pretty incredible. Um, and I can, so for me personally, just, you can give some, get some insight on me. Um, if I'm not doing something with someone else, like if I'm doing it by myself, I lose interest pretty quickly. Um, so for me, it was super helpful whenever I had uh, somebody there with me, you know, to talk to people with. Um, it's just, it's always encouraging, you know, if, if you ever lose uh, the words to say, or you just feel like you don't know how to answer, and then you're, whoever's there with you can jump in and, and they can help out. And then, um, then you can jump back in and it, it's, you know, you don't want to make it feel like you're ganging up on someone if you're having a two-on-one conversation, but um, it's, it's always super encouraging and uplifting to have somebody there with you. Um, and I can't, we usually were sent out in pairs, uh, just for, you know, that was more for like safety's sake, but I really liked, you know, being in pairs anyway. So that was really fun, you know, going out in pairs, having conversations with people, handing out tracks. You'd be surprised how many conversations you get into people, uh, you know, just handing out tracks that, you know, they say, what is this? Boom. Instant conversation starter. So uh, that's that was probably my my favorite type of ministry, if you will, was the the one on one or two on one conversations. I don't know if I should say another thing, but I kind of have another thing. I don't know if I'm talking too much. Dude, no, go, go for, for it. it. All right, cool. So, um, as far as Mission Possible goes, definitely the kids ministry. But recently, um, I've been getting a lot better at like what Max's like favorite part was of like doing like the sketchboard messages on the boardwalk for like, like a group of people and then talking to them afterwards. Um, I don't really know what happened, but I guess it was just all God working in me, but like I've just grown to love that so much and be more passionate about it when I'm doing my messages. Like um, summertime, we went to ocean city and we did another one of our, ocean city evangelism trips and that trip was probably one of the best trips i've ever been on gonna be completely honest so that trip was amazing like just sharing those messages and seeing the impact i guess in a time like this like coronavirus where so like i don't know about you guys but if i was not saved if i was not a christian in this time i'd probably be going insane i wouldn't know what the heck is going on i wouldn't know what to believe i would have nothing to put my trust in nothing to put my hope in and i would have unsurety of death and going on that trip was pretty amazing like i know how powerful the gospel is and i've known for a while but on that trip i saw it in like a whole new light and it was crazy like just the amount of people that were in need in the amount of people that were willing in comparison to like previous years of mission possible going down to ocean city was pretty crazy. And uh, everybody on that trip agreed that it was very, it was like a very special trip. And like that, like a lot of people were very open to it and a lot of conversations were a lot longer. And so just like everybody was really like, like up there, you know, I don't know how else to describe it, but like just doing my sketchboard messages were amazing. Like the experience and the conversations afterwards were just crazy. And I learned to really enjoy that more because honestly, before that wasn't my favorite thing in the world. I'm not the best public speaker ever. And that that was kind of hard for me, but I just became more passionate, I guess doing that and i guess it showed and i guess christ really helped me because it was definitely a big change and the gospel is very powerful (laughs) just like watching it because in kids you can see it very well as well but it's like they get what you're saying but they don't have a full understanding and they're still young with these adults you could really just see the gears turning a lot of the times and i was like whoa this person's really thinking and it was just really cool to see that, I guess. I kind of lost my words there, but 
Yeah. <laughs> no worries. No worries. And it's really cool to see that, that transformation because as far as I remember, the first part of Mission Possible 1, you were one of the most like shy when it came to doing the sketchboard messages. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so just seeing how God has really worked in your heart has been amazing. And like like we've been emphasizing, that church that he's been placing you in or that he has placed you in in Virginia has been so, so massive in your spiritual growth in pushing outside your comfort zone and having people alongside you to usher you into into new experiences and and just things that, that God wanted you to go towards. So that that's just a reminder for all of us that when God sends us to something that we aren't quite sure we want to go to, whether that's a new location, whether that's a um, reaching out to a new person at church or whether that's going to a new job or whatever it may be, when God tries to send you somewhere you you might be uncomfortable with, he probably has a plan behind it. And it's up to us to have that faith, to step out in faith and to follow whatever whatever direction he's taking us in to bring us to, you know, to bring us to the place where he wants us to bring us to do ultimately wherever he his plan will have us for that season in our life. So it's it's been really great having you on this episode. It's been great, you know, reflecting on Mission Possible memories, but also just talking about how we as teenagers can make that jump, can go from kind of apathetic, kind of passive about our faith to really active, really making that faith our own. And it's, it's been awesome having you share your experiences in that and really just being able to learn from you uh, throughout this entire episode. So thanks so much for coming on. It's, it's been great having you. Yeah, no problem. It's, it's been fun. Honestly, I was really nervous. <laughs> and um, I actually have my buddy Sam sleeping over right now. When he woke up, I got a little more nervous because I got a live audience member back here. <laughs> but um, I actually have one last thing to say that I wanted to mention earlier, but I didn't. Uh, sorry if I'm dragging this out, but no worries, memorize no scripture. Memorize scripture. Holy okay. smokes. It is crazy how much it helps you. Just recently, in the past like two years, I've I've memorized scripture in the past, but I've really started to like, you know, focus, fo- focus and be intentional about learning scripture. And it's been crazy. Like it actually started with one of my mentors, like saying like, yo, like memorize the scripture. And what I did is I was like, I just looked at something that I was struggling with. And I was like, hey, do you know any, any verses that relate to this? like relate to this or like, um, you know, something that says something about this sin or something that can help me and with this problem in my life. And he gave me these verses and I memorized them. And just being able to have that in the back of my head and go through my day, being able to think about a verse in the Bible that would help me, it, it it's life-changing really like just having scripture with you at all times in the back of your head it's amazing how many times you'll um be doing something and you'll just remember that bible verse all of a sudden you'll be like oh wow like i need to do this or wow god is really gracious in this way or something like that like it is just crazy so memorize scripture (laughs) yeah that is so true because like for my own life i often i'm one of those people who whenever i listen to music i have a song stuck in my head for the rest of the day so it's like these these words are constantly repeating through my mind. And sometimes it's it's good things, sometimes it's bad things. Like just depending on whatever the last song was talking about, it's it's constantly repeating through my mind all day long. And how awesome would it be to have that those words that are constantly repeating in your mind to be scripture? Like that is that is such an amazing thing to to imagine. Like Cameron said, when you memorize those scripture passages, when you memorize the the words of the Bible, especially if it's speaking to a, a direct struggle that you have or a direct thing that you're working on in your life. It's so cool to have that constantly going through your head. So instead of having the words of Adele going through your head over and over and over again, you have the words of God going through your head over and over again. It's really, it's an amazing thing to experience. And that's that's just one of the, one of the many things that we can point at, that we can point to, to help us grow our relationships with God. And really, like we always say, that's the whole point of this podcast. The whole point of this podcast is to help you guys grow in your relationship with God, to equip you guys to grow spiritually and grow in your knowledge of the gospel, your knowledge and and love for the truth. Because ultimately, what are we doing on this? What are we doing on this earth? What is our our job and priorities here in this life? Our priorities here in this life determine what happens to us, uh, you know, after we die. 
And so many people, way too many people have their priorities in money or have their, their priorities in other humans or have their priorities in, in happiness or whatever it may be. But unless we have our, our hope, our eternal hope in Christ, unless we have that focus on him, our eternal focus on him, then nothing in this world matters. Like there's a verse, I, I can't remember exactly what it says, but essentially it says everything we have in this life will eventually be destroyed by moth and rust. It'll, it, it, there's nothing in this life that you have that won't go bad. It won't break. It won't disappoint you one day. There's absolutely nothing. The only thing we have in this entire life that can do that for us is God. And if we don't look to God in those hard moments, like Cameron was saying during, during coronavirus, if we don't look to God during the hard moments, if we don't look to God during the fun moments and the, the, the difficult moments, whatever it may be, if we're not constantly looking toward God and, and, reaching toward him and trying to grow a relationship with him, then everything we do on this life is, or sorry, everything we do in this life is just completely meaningless. And I know, I know it sounds bleak. It sounds like, man, why would you say that? Why would you say that my life is meaningless? But ultimately the purpose that we have on this earth is to glorify God and to praise him because of what he has done for us. And if we don't recognize what he's done for us and then take advantage of that by believing in him and repenting of our sins, then really there's no there's no point to living this life at all. So we just we really encourage you guys to grow closer to God in everything that you do, to make sure that you're seeking him. And if you're not in a season right now where you are seeking him as much as you think you should, or you you really can't see why you should be seeking him, please reach out to us. Please ask us questions. You can reach out to us on Instagram or Facebook at Living Victory Podcast. You can email us at Max, Christian, or Jonathan at livingvictorypodcast.com. Uh, questions at livingvictorypodcast.com is our, our general email that hits all three of us. So please, please, please reach out to us. We want to have that conversation with you. We want to be here for you. And we just, we thank you guys for listening to the show because you are the reason that this show lives. You're the reason that this show is able to continue on every step of the way. Every, every week we release an episode. It's because you are there listening to it every time we release it. So we thank you guys so much for, for being our supporters. Thank you so much for, for listening to us. But most of all, thank you so much for being brothers and sisters in Christ. Because this is a community that God has built. This is a community that God is building. And this community is, is an eternal community. It's something that, that will never go away. It's something that will never disappoint. And so we thank you guys so much for being a part of that community with us. And we pray that God is working in your life and that God is helping you see him more and more every day. And ultimately, like I said, that's why we're here, to glorify God, to give him, give him the honor, give him the praise. So that's, that's it. That's what we want to leave you guys with. We want to leave you guys with glorifying God giving him the praise and the honor and whatever that means is that if that means glorify or excuse me, if that means memorizing scripture, memorize scripture. If that means loving other people, love other people. If that means making disciples or being discipled, then do that. The likelihood is it means all of those things because those are all things that are mentioned in scripture by God for how we can grow in our relationship with him. So, you know, for the third or fourth time or whatever it is, I'm going to thank you guys for listening. Uh, it's, it's so, so important that we have you guys listening to this. It's important for us in the show, like I said, because that's how we survive. So we thank you guys so much for being with us. Thank you guys so much for being our audience. And as always, love each other and shine your light.